This is Amy Adams on WIKY. You know, there's a house in Mitchell, Indiana. It's a town about 100 miles from Evansville that some say is haunted. It is listed as the Travel Channel's number four most terrifying place to visit in America. I'm speaking today with Richard Ballard. He's the owner of the Whisper Estates, and he's also a parapsychologist. Richard, give our listeners the history of the house. The house was built in approximately 1893-1894 by a gentleman by the name of George White. Uh, we We can't find any records of him ever living in the house. Doesn't mean he didn't. Uh, the most reliable local records we have uh, is the house was bought by Dr. John Gibbons and his wife, Jesse, in 1899. Uh, about a year or a half later, he would take a second mortgage out on the house. I think he did some renovations to the inside, and he uh, basically started his medical practice on the, the three east rooms on the east side of the house. So the house would be a doctor's office from the early, probably the early 1900s up into about 1937, 38, we think. So, you know, approximately 30 plus years, he he ran a successful medical practice in the house. So all of that's been documented. So, you know, we know all that occurred. So did he live in the rest of the house then? Yeah, he, he and his family lived in the house, and um, there's there's strong evidence to suggest that they uh, they adopted several children. Uh, that was pretty common for people back then. Uh, I've had some historians working on it from IU Bloomington and other places, and uh, most of them believe. Have you ever heard of the orphan train? Yes, I have. Yeah, most of, that used to run from like Denver to Baltimore, Maryland, and it would stop in Indianapolis. And uh, I guess some people believe that there's a good chance that the doctor and his wife might have somehow through a church or something ended up with some kids that were orphans, and they they ended up adopting at least three or four of them. Um, so the the story goes, and once again, um, I try my best to document almost everything we tell people about the house, but uh, the first tragedy the doctor and his wife experienced was their little girl, Rachel, who uh, we believe she was about 10 or 11 years old, uh, had come down the stairs in the middle of the night right before Christmas, um, and somehow or another had fallen or bumped into the Christmas tree, which this would have been back in 1910, before there was electricity in most homes. And uh, it's believed that, you know, her gown caught fire and she sustained second and third degree burns all over her body. Uh, the doctor took her back to her room on the second floor and kept her comfortable, probably on morphine, we think. And she did die on uh, December 27th. That's kind of how the local story goes. Um, you know, people challenge the story and all that good stuff. And uh, but when you come to the house, um, there is clearly a pocket door that leads to that parlor. And you pull it out from the wall, there's extensive fire damage that's been done to it. And I even had a friend of mine who's a contractor after I bought the house. I bought the house in March of 2020. He actually came over and had did some work with the fire department stuff, investigating arson and stuff. And he was able to trace the fire damage all the way over to the corner where we long suspected that's probably where the Christmas tree was. So in our minds, we, we think we've you know pretty much documented as much as we possibly can about the little girl in that sense. Um, the doctor, his wife will expire in the house in 1934. Uh, she died of double pneumonia. We do have her obituary. We have a copy of that in the house. Um, 
Now, around around 1937, he, mm-hmm. he he he's starting to get old. I mean, he was an elderly gentleman, and you know, I don't know if it's dementia. I don't know what it was, but he, he started exhibiting some unusual behaviors. His oldest adopted daughter, we have a record of her in the Mitchell uh, High School uh, yearbook. Uh, she did have him committed to for just to be under examination, you know, and they did keep him for I think ninety six hours and he was released. They found him to be sane, uh whatever that means <laughs> as a psychologist, I can tell you i 'm not sure what that means anymore All right um, but um, they used to tell people that he died in the house in like nineteen forty two but we were able to find uh, documentation to prove that he died north of Mitchell, the town of Bedford, in a, an, uh, an old folks' retirement home. So he did not die in the house. Um, I'm giving you probably too much history, aren't I? <laughs> no, 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 this is fine. Um, okay, so I thought he died in the house, so he didn't, so that clears up some things. But yeah, isn't you know. his spirit thought or entity thought to be in that house? Well, there are people that are convinced that there is, um, you know, some type of spirit in the house and that it, it might be the doctor. Um, once again, I've been doing this for 10 years, and I've never seen a ghost. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying they don't exist. Clearly, I know something's going on. Or I wouldn't right. be trying. Try- I've been literally almost everywhere in the country uh, going to all these supposed haunted places. I've been called by people locally here in the Indianapolis area, people in the Louisville area, to come down and, you know, spend some time in their house to see if I think it's haunted. I, I've i just been everywhere. As a matter of fact, just got back from The Conjuring House a while back, if you ever saw that movie. Yes. Um, the yeah, Warrens. I spent 12 hours. Yeah, I spent 12 hours in that house with a friend of mine, and we did. we had nothing happen, zero activity. But that doesn't mean... You know, I tell my students, you know, they ask me, um, what is it like to, you know, go on a paranormal investigation? And I said, well, 90% of it you're sitting around in a house or a building, it's dark, it's cold, and nothing happens. But it's that 10% that kind of hooks you in and gets you intrigued by it. Right. And if there are such things, there are such things as ghosts. They're not like, it's not like going to the circus where the elephants and the clowns come out. Just because you're in a supposedly haunted uh, area doesn't mean you're going to see or have anything happen. So um, I, I don't know what's in that house as far as the doctor's spirit or anything like that. There are psychics, and which I'm very skeptical about most psychics. I can't help it. It's just like you said, it's kind of our nature to question mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. But there are people that are convinced that his spirit is in that house, that's for sure. Well, I was watching the documentary from 2017 called When the Walls Talk, The Whispers right. of State, and a lot of them claimed, especially in Rachel's room, she is the more playful entity uh, and she likes to play. I mean, have you ever, you've never seen anything like that in her I've room? All, yeah, I've seen all kinds of activity in your room, balls flying off the bed, and I've tried every way to debunk that, you know, is mm-hmm. it air, this, uh, we, we have... We do have recordings that sound like a little child singing and talking, and these aren't recordings I've made. These are recordings that guests have made and have shared with me, uh, which is very hard to, you know, disprove when you get this stuff. It's it's pretty powerful evidence. Um, I, I have probably over, since I bought the house three and a half years ago, I probably have over 100 uh, people who claim to have seen her spirit in the house. 
okay. and some of these people are people that's been doing this for 20, 30 years. They're very serious about it. So it's kind of hard to look at them and say, are you sure it was a spirit? Are you sure it wasn't a shadow? Or, uh, I mean, I've had people that swear they saw a little girl walk down the hallway. And, I mean, I'm talking about people that I respect. So, mm-hmm. I once again, on my end, I've never seen that. I've, I've been all over the country and never seen a spirit. Uh, there are people that, you know, believe that some people are more attuned to this. They have empathetic skills, that, yeah. you know, like empaths. And there are some people that are completely closed off to it. And some of the guests joke that I'm very closed off to it. That's probably a good thing because I probably wouldn't even be able to go into the house <laughs> and do anything if I if right. I wasn't someone closed off to it. You know, I'd probably be afraid of the house. Because I know some visitors claim to have seen Rachel um, sitting in a chair or wearing her white dress. Yeah, like I said, I... Um, I can't even count the number of people that since I've owned the house has sworn they've seen a little girl in the house. And um, I, I just, once again, I, I just don't know what it is. I, I think that's the thing that keeps me intrigued by this because mm-hmm. I try to I try to approach it you know, from a scientific perspective since my field requires, you know, the collection of data and empirical evidence. Uh, but I tell you, the more I do this, um, it almost feels so frustrating, like, the less I know, the, the fewer answers I have, I continue to get more and more questions that seem almost impossible to answer sometimes. Oh, I understand that. Well, there's another room in the house, um, Jesse Gibbons, um, and she died, you said, of double lung pneumonia? Yeah, she died in the master bedroom there. We call it Jesse's room, and there are people that have experiences in there. Uh, I, you know, uh, they feel... A presence in there. It's a very heavy presence. Matter of fact, I just did a tour uh, Wednesday night with a group of females. They came from Louisville, uh, your area. As a matter of fact, I think you're down by Louisville, right? Um, Yeah. And uh, one of them, uh, the minute she walked in that room, uh, she walked right back out. She said, "I, I, I can't go in there right now. So she went downstairs and sat down. And when I talked to her later, she said, yeah, the minute I walked in that room, I, I, I was hyperventilating. I couldn't get my breath very well. So mm-hmm. uh, once again, the house the house has, uh, it seems to have a different effect on almost everywhere it comes in it. And I, and I will say this, uh, I, all I can speak is from my own experiences. Uh, Whispers is one of the few places I've been to that every time I walk in, it almost feels like I'm being watched. You, oh. you know that feeling when oh, you're yeah. in a big room and there's a lot of people in a meeting and mm-hmm. you feel like someone's looking at you and you turn around, there's your friend, you know, seven tables away who's been trying to get your attention without yelling or anything. Right. It's almost, it's almost that feeling like you're being watched the whole time you're there. It's, it's a very uneasy feeling. Um, I, I wished I could explain it more uh, effectively in that. But I, when I'm there, I almost always feel like there's someone in there with me, even if I'm by myself. It's a strange feeling. Have you ever spent the night in the house alone? Uh, you know, I slept in the house alone by myself, um, quite by accident. Uh, <laughs> my son and his girlfriend were down there with me, mm-hmm. and um, we went to sleep. We all slept in the uh, uh, the doctor's waiting room there. We have some big couches there, and we were all just going to get, you know, I live in the Franklin area, Franklin is, so it's about an hour okay. and 20 minutes away. So we were all just going to get a couple hours sleep, and then, you know, when it gets daylight, grab a cup of coffee, and we make it home safely. Um, and I woke up about an hour after I fell asleep. It's probably about 5 o'clock in the morning, 
and my son and his girlfriend were gone. And um, I, I come to find out that they had decided to drive um, over to to Bedford to a restaurant because they wanted breakfast. So oh, no. I did sleep in I did sleep in the house by myself <laughs> for a couple hours unwittingly. Now I have spent the night in the house with with people there. Um, I, I I you know on my end I'm not comfortable uh, in the house, especially. Uh, if it comes to sleeping by myself, I, I, I can go in the house by myself. I'm, you know, as long as I'm cognizant and all that good stuff, I, I think I'm okay with that. But boy, the, the thought of just uh, lying down in there by yourself and, and falling yeah. asleep. And I do, I do have a, a manager, Sondra Burris, who does sleep in the house by herself a lot. And I have a couple other volunteers who go down there will occasionally sleep in the house, but none of them like it. They will all tell you it's just it, you don't get a good sleep. It's a very um, fitful sleep, if you know what I mean by that, where you wake up a lot and you, right. every every little noise wakes you up and that kind of thing. Well, the um, former owner, um, Mr. Rainier, is that his yeah, name? Man. Yeah, yeah. And in the documentary, I was talking about when the walls talk. He says that he something pushed him down the stairs and he had a big gash over his eye yeah and, and yeah and if you meet van he he's a very nice gentleman mm-hmm. uh very articulate um uh, you know uh professional you know he works in the banking industry and uh he's kind of a no-nonsense guy um okay. and when i talked to him you know slightly after that happened um, you know, me being a skeptic, and he knows I'm a skeptic, he, he assured me that he clearly felt something pushing him. And a matter of fact, we had uh, a group down just, about, I think it would be about two years this coming spring, so it's been about 18, 19 months, where we did have a female that got pushed down those same steps, and she did injure herself. She didn't get killed or anything. Wow. No one's been hurt that bad, but she um, she assured me that, you know, she says, you know, I know you're thinking I tripped or I imagined, she says, but I felt something push me. And uh, so we, we do tell guests to, if you go up and down the stairs, when you do, please hold on to the handrails just because whatever is in that house, sometimes uh, it, it just, you can't predict it. Sometimes with certain people in there, it will get extremely aggressive with people get scratched, mm-hmm. bitten. Uh, pushed, their hair pulled, touched, and like I said, I, I by by nature I am a skeptic. But you know, once you see so many people have these kind of experiences, you know, you can't just sit back and say, "Well, all of them are imagining this, or they're all delusional." I mean, it's just you. At some point, like I said earlier, you just kind of have to accept that there are things. You know, the definition of parapsychology itself. Is just recognizing that there are phenomena that occur that science yet doesn't have an explanation for. Right. Uh, I can I can't in good conscience tell people it's a ghost because I don't I've never seen a ghost, but it is something. There is something occurring in this house, and it's it's very active. And I, I can't say I can't guarantee people if they visit they're going to experience any type of you know paranormal phenomena. But I will tell you probably. Ninety percent of our visitors do, and our our, our return rate. Well, the group coming to, tomorrow night, I think they've been to the house like seven or eight times in the last couple of years. They just keep coming back. So there's something that happens that keeps these people very interested. Because you know, I as an educator, uh, I, I'm not 
a businessman. I, I don't even run the house like a business, really. Hmm. I get told by people all the time, you need to do this, you need to do this. But I bought the house mainly just to keep it open so people could visit it. Um, but at, at the end of it all, um, I, I just think there's too many things that occur that I just can't, you know, ignore. I think it would be take more, it take more faith and less scientific belief to ignore it than it would to acknowledge it, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, because I'm, I consider myself kind of an empath. Um, mine's, oh, boy. Mine, yeah, mine's more with smells, though. Um, my father's been gone about 20, 27 yeah. years, and he used to smoke these cherry cigars on the weekend. And so every right. once in a while, I'll pick up on that smell, that cherry cigar. Really? Yeah. And so... I, um... I would love for you to come to the house. Yeah, I was thinking about it too. No, I'm a little, little f- afraid, but I, I would still do it. And also, another thing happened. I had a friend pass away in April, and he was a huge University of Kentucky fan. And okay. he had this big mug that had the big U and the big K in blue on on this white mug. So, on my way home, this is kind of weird. I saw three vehicles with that uk on the side of the door the same exact shape and everything and i'm wondering did i really see that was he like sending me a a sign or did anybody else see that i mean it was just kind of weird well yeah because the odds of that are are probably somewhat slim that that could happen right so it almost sounds like there was some type of message being sent to you that is yeah. You know, um, I, I do believe there are people that are impasse. Uh, like I said, I am skeptic about a lot of people claim to be psychics, but I've seen impasse in person come to this house and other places, and they pick up on stuff that I could never personally pick up on. Mm-hmm. And I do think the house, whatever is in there, it recognizes people who have that ability because okay. uh, the house always gets extremely active when we have people that show up that have empathic skills. It's always exciting for me because I know here's a group tonight that is going to probably have a hot ride, if you know what I mean. Oh, <laughs> It'll yeah. be a very interesting night for them. Well, if I decide to come, or I guess to come up to the house, which I probably will, can can I meet you there and we go through or... You can, yeah, you can come as my guest if you can get a time that makes sense to both of us, and you're okay. welcome to come up to the house as my guest, and I'll give you a tour, and Ooh. you know we can spend some time in the house. I'd be, I'd be awesome. I, uh, anytime I can meet someone that that's already had experiences mm-hmm. that you know are pretty hard to explain, especially the, the you know the. Um, the olfactory experience, you know, when people are smelling stuff that right. they shouldn't be smelling, that's a very powerful sense. I mean, you know, the sense of smell is a very well-developed sense for humans. And um, if you're smelling stuff that shouldn't be there, uh, that is, that's 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 pretty intriguing to me. Uh, we do have people occasionally come in and smell baby powder and yeah. uh, smoke, fire, and that kind of thing. But it isn't very common, so uh, that's a skill that if you have that, that would be intriguing for me to get you into the house just to see if you could indeed smell baby powder or, or smoke or anything like that. That would be that would be awesome because when I smell it, some of the time I mean, I'm in the car by myself. Yeah. Or, yeah, or I'll be in my house and I'll, I'll ask my husband, do you smell that cherry cigar? And he'll say no. I'm like, okay, it's dad. He's letting me know he's here. 
And yeah, yeah, I mean, that to me is exciting. I used to ball like a baby because it reminded me of him so much and I miss him, but now it's just kind of more uh, comforting. So, yeah, I would say that would probably be very comforting then to, to know that your father uh, is there and his presence is felt and uh, right. it's felt in your sense because you can smell, you know, the, the, the you know, tobacco he smoke. So that is. Uh, that's a really neat story. I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Oh, well, you're welcome. And yeah, I'm definitely going to make time to come and, and see you. I'll probably give you a call in the future and make time to do that. Um, sure, that'd be great. Just one one more question. Um, is there really a graveyard in the backyard? Well, this is something that's up for debate. Um, I have contacted a couple friends of mine, uh, one who is a geology professor and uh, he actually has some sonar equipment, and he has promised me now for about a year, he's so busy, mm-hmm. um, that he would bring that equipment out, and we probably could detect if indeed there's something buried out there, whether it's bones and the like. The The yard does have a strange uh, feel to it as far as the way it's, you know, it's not flat. I mean, the mm-hmm. front yard's flat. I mean... The front yard's flat as it can be, and the side yard's flat as it can be. And the house is kind of built up on a, a little rise there, but it's not on a hill, so it's all pretty flat and square. But when you walk across it, it almost does feel like there's been digging and burying there. Not, right. I can't confirm it. I, 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 when I can't confirm something, if people ask me, I say, well, according to legend, <laughs> according to folklore, yeah. according to what locals say, because a lot of locals believe that. Uh, that's what I tell them. I, I, I just say according to. I said, I, you know, I don't try to mislead people and give them right. the wrong information. Now, if I have it documented like Jesse's death or anything like that, I can say, yeah, we're pretty sure this is the way this happened. We're, we're almost 100% sure. Um, another thing I didn't tell you, the doctor did perform operations in the house. The, the back bathroom there by his examination room is now a bathroom. But he did operations in that room. There was an operating table and everything. And I did, with the help of a couple volunteers, we were able to document uh, the death of 23 people on his operating table. Oh, my Um, gosh. Well, that was over a 37-year period before there was penicillin. So this guy was probably a really good surgeon, a really good doctor, because, well, I had a friend whose mom had a knee replacement, she got sepsis and died in a hospital from it. And this is modern times. So yeah. for this guy to, for this guy to only lose 23 patients that we can document, um, you know, there's a lot of negativity that people say about the doctor locally. And there's a lot, you know, the man isn't there to, here to defend himself. Exactly. All I can go on, all I can go on is the facts. And the facts are 23 patients in 37 years before the event of any type of antibiotics. I'd say this man was a pretty darn good doctor. Um, it sounds like I think it. maybe toward, yeah, maybe towards the end of his life when, you know, he started getting aged. Um, that's probably where he might have been better off if he had retired four or five years earlier than he did. But, you know, you can say that with athletes, you can say that with politicians, you can say that with anyone, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, what I read, I can't remember where I read it, it, it said that there's a pit grave back there with limbs and organs and you name it. But, I mean, again, you said not until you see proof of that. So, 
everything. Yeah, and I, I will think we'll probably get that this coming spring or summer because uh, my friend, uh, the professor, I've I've reached out to him three or four times, and I don't want to be that kind of person that's constantly bugging him about it because he will have to drive. He uh, he lives over in Missouri. Mm-hmm. He'll have to drive over here, have to drive uh a van or something to get all his equipment in. So I told him I'd pay for all of his expenses, but he's getting up there in years. And, you know, he's really the only person I know who to reach out to that I would trust to do this. Right. Cause the guy is a geologist. He does know his stuff. I think back in when he was a younger man, he even worked for standard oils. So he, he knows how to look underground and find things. <laughs> so I, I am going, and, and, you know, if we prove that we'll, we'll definitely make that public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we disprove it, we'll also make that public because, like I said, I I don't have to embellish or inflate anything about the house. I'm, I, like I said earlier, I'm not a businessman. Uh, I don't advertise. We do have a website. Uh, we have a Facebook page. But the house stays very, very busy with visitors, mainly just because of word of mouth. It's just, um, you know, um, right. there are um, – the, 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 the Travel Channel visited a number of years ago before I bought the house and ranked it as the fourth most haunted house in the United States. Uh, there is a uh, publication that someone sent me that came out this fall that has Indiana's top ten most haunted uh, locations, and we were number one on there. So, oh my goodness! And once again, yeah, and once again, I don't know who does those rankings, right? Who rates that? It was me. Uh, no. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just people who get together it's been to all these places and they all agree hey this is where i had the most you know intense experiences or or i had the most activity i mean i don't know how they do that so i don't go around you know putting that on the website you know we are we're voted india's most haunted house because someone could easily argue that yeah. and i think it puts you too high of an expectation on people when they come to the house because like i said i think about 90 percent of our guests have some pretty interesting activity but i can't guarantee that it'd be absurd for me to guarantee the activity so i don't want people to come in with you know too high of expectations or, or too low of expectations i want them to come and have a good time and you know, I have a heat and air conditioning on every floor of the house. The house is very comfortable. Uh, we have Internet. We have Wi-Fi. Um, I, you know, I provide coffee and hot chocolate and soft drinks and water to guests because, you know, there's nothing worse than going out on investigation in the middle of nowhere. And at midnight, you think, wow, what I wouldn't give for some caffeine right now. So when I bought the house, my one of my number one goals is to make it very comfortable for our guests, people who come. And we've been very fortunate that 99% of our guests have really treated this 148-year-old house with respect. And when they come, they pretty much leave it the way they find it. We keep it very clean. And they, you know, we've just been very lucky we haven't had a group come in and trash the house or anything like that. So I do feel very fortunate that most of the people that do this, take it very serious and, um, you know, are respectful. And that's, you know, that makes it much easier to, you know, to um, run the property and, and, you know, keep it open for people. Well, if somebody wants to do a little mini tour or a mini investigation, you have that listed on Facebook. I saw that today. Um, Whisper Estates, that's that's what they look for, right? Yeah, well, our website is www.whispersestate.com. And the website's the best place to come because if you want to come to the house, we offer all-night private group investigations. Your group gets the whole house to yourself from 
8 p.m. to 4 a.m. I don't have a bed and breakfast license, so people do have to leave the house by 4 a.m. But um, we give a quick tour if they want it, and then they basically have the house to investigate. And uh, we haven't really, since COVID, we haven't really did many just like little one-hour tours or two-hour tours. But we are going to, you know, as we move forward, our plan is to start offering those up to people again. But uh, we, I keep the prices my goodness, so so much lower than than almost anyone because, like I said, I'm not a businessman. Right. Uh, I'm not doing this, uh, you know, in a, from, as a business venture. Uh, so we keep it affordable. Um, and uh, you know, w- once again, people, I, I can only assume it's word of mouth because we we stay very busy. Uh, the house is booked every night in october i don't think i have an open weekend for the rest of the year friday saturday and sunday i think is booked for the entire rest of the year and the summers do very well as uh, also because people just uh, they love coming to the house and most of our guests are repeats i mean mm-hmm. it's just it's amazing you actually there's such a, a community you wouldn't believe this with people who do this and we have so many people who show up and you know, you get to know these people. Most of them are just awesome, and they have great attitudes, and you become friends with them. I, I just make countless friends just so, since I bought the house. It's it's a very neat, um, it's a very neat subgroup of people, if you will, people who do this and do it often because they're they're clearly dedicated, and you know, I'm, I respect that because some of these people will travel. 18, 20 hours. I yes. have some friends up in South Dakota, and they oh, wow. they went on a yeah, they went on a cross country tour and hit about twenty places. They were out for, I guess they were out for four or five weeks. And we just had a group here Wednesday night. Uh, it was three ladies, and uh, they came from North Carolina, and they were hitting five places. And we were the last place they were going to hit, and they were going to drive back home the next day. So, a lot of people are very committed to this. So, it's a lot of fun and. I will tell you, we're so excited about Halloween uh, trick or treat. If you've never seen it, it there's really nothing like trick or treat in Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have, uh, and it looks like the weather is going to cooperate with us. We'll have probably at least a thousand trick or treaters on mm-hmm. on Tuesday night. They literally lined up. They're mm-hmm. literally lined up down the block and across the block. It's it's nothing <laughs> like you've ever seen before. And it is such a good thing for the community because uh, I love kids, and you know we we deck the house out with animatronics, and uh, all of us, all my volunteers, my friends who help me out, we all dress up, and we try to make it where it isn't terrifying. That you know we try to make it where it's kid friendly, so it's not super super scary. But uh, people seem to really enjoy it, and like I said, Halloween is such a great time for uh, for a house like this and people coming to it. What's the address of the house, real quick? Uh, it's 714 West Warren Street. That's W-A-R-R-E-N, and that's in Mitchell, Indiana. If you would like to take a tour or do an investigation of the Whispers Estate, go to their website, whispersestate.godaddysites.com, or visit their Facebook page. I'm Amy Adams on WIKY.